Today is Monday, February 20, 2023. It's day 774 of the J6 political hostage crisis. I'm Mel Holly, and this is your Justice in Jeopardy update. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Justice in Jeopardy. I'm Mel Holly, and today I am joined by a great patriot, Jen Baker. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you, Mel. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I'm so excited to uh, talk to you today. We have uh, been having a nice long conversation about about mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, we covered a lot. <laughs> we did cover a lot. Now I'd, I'd like to uh, hit the high points with our amazing Patriot audience. You are in uh, the Gloucester area of Virginia. Yep. Tell us about what you what you do and how you're involved. Well, it's kind of crazy because um, I just moved to Virginia three years ago, like I was just telling you, and um, moved to Gloucester. And, you know, I was so stoked about living here because I was in California. So I was in, you know, California. Um, And I never wanted to get involved in politics there. Like I never... It just didn't interest me. It just, you know, nothing about it. I was I was in the entertainment um, field for 20 years, um, if not longer. But um, and so nothing of that sort interests me. You know, I get the, the big flyers in the mail and I tear them up and throw them in the trash. And it didn't matter to me who was running because I knew they would get elected. Right. So. Um, when I moved here, it's like, oh, wow, salt of the earth people, you know, uh, they're conservative. I love it. It's it's wonderful. And um, I moved here in January of 2020. So uh, right when I got here, it's like lockdown. Everything's going you know, crazy. And I'm stuck in front of this TV with a ticker on the bottom. And, um, you know, I... I was just like calling bullshit on everything that was coming up on the TV, right? So then I just stopped watching. We would watch President Trump's press conference every day. And um, and then I would I'd just move away from the TV and I started watching podcasts. And then watched, um, you know, uh, Follow the Cabal, which opened my eyes. I was like, what? And if if people haven't watched it, they need to watch it. So follow the cabal. Um, and I was like, God, what what am I doing sitting here? I got to get involved. And um, so you know, we tried to um, voice things. I I bought a bunch of T-shirts, and everywhere we went, I'd wear them, and I'd be like, you know, <laughs> like I got this one on right now, my Kofifi, um, but. <laughs> You know, we that was my way because I didn't know. I didn't know how to get involved. And um, after the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff started, stopped, um, I thought, well, why don't we get involved with the, the GOP? So we went to a meeting and um, and saw that, you know, God, there's a lot of people who have absolutely no idea what's going on in this world. And, you know, they're conservative and they're lovely people, but they don't know what's going on. 
And then we met somebody um, just by wearing a Save the Kids sweatshirt at a restaurant. Um, some a woman approached me and was like, yes, you know, Save the Kids. And we got talking and she told us about um, a, a place called The Breakfast Club or an organ, a group called the, the Breakfast Club. And we ended up going to that. And um, our first one was with uh, Captain Seth Cashel, Captain K, um, where he was talking about the election fraud. And um, so it was like, my eyes were just widened because I grew up in a military family. My father was a decorated Vietnam vet and, and a retired colonel in the Air Force. And so we grew up very patriotic, but just not political, you know. So um, we started going to these. So, breakfast so you clubs. were you were doing you were doing what we need everybody to do, and that's getting involved locally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can can you can you specify what really got you to actually do that? To actually leave your house and 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 do something locally? Because uh, that, that I think that's what we have the hardest time doing is is getting people off their couch. Right. Right. And it is. And I think a lot of it is that people don't know where to look to find what's going on in their community. I, I couldn't even tell you if there were committees in California. And the only reason I knew about the Republican committee here, the GOP committee here at Gloucester, is because we had my cousin's friend who goes and he told me about it. And so, you know, it's not like they advertise or anything like that, but there's no reason you can't go nowadays, just go on your web, on your, you know, DuckDuckGo or um, Brave, or if you're still on Google, go on Google and look up your, your GOP committee and, um, and find out where they're having meetings, because it is important for people to get involved, especially more people who are awake and not still watching, you know, mainstream media for their news, because we're still even, you know, through Fox and all that, we're, we're still getting, you know, narratives. If we're going to fix the, the GOP, we're going to have to do a little infiltration of our own That's and right. get in there locally to these meetings and, uh, and wake these people up because there are so many people who from the beginning have, uh, you know, who have been involved in the GOP for so long, um, even on a local level, and and they don't realize that uh, there's something better out there, you know? I mean, there is. You know, we take America first, and 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 we we change the GOP to, to what it was. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we, we know that there are people who have been lifelong Democrats who, uh, you know, their parents were Democrats. And, and so they've always thought that that was the party they're supposed to be a part of. Right. And, and they don't know what it's become either. So it's, it's on both sides, but, but that's great. Yeah, that's great. So, so you've been involved there and, um, and that is really how you found out about what's going on uh, with RJ Sixer. So, so tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, while going to, I mean, you know, we saw, of course, like everybody, we saw what happened that day um, on on the mainstream media. Um, 
But we also, you know, I saw videos throughout, like watching, going on Telegram and, and seeing different posts and all that. But when I went to the breakfast club, um, we have, well, I ended up this last year, this in January, <clears throat> going to our Williamsburg version, um, Williamsburg, the blah, blah, breakfast club. I was going to say like chain or whatever, but the chapter, the, the Williamsburg chapter. chapter of the breakfast club. There you go. Thank you. I couldn't pull that one out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we ended up going to the Williamsburg chapter um, and I ended up meeting Jonathan Mellis's mother and sister. You know, we were interested in, in um, the J6 stuff. We just didn't know how to get that voice out just again it's just a matter of doing your research right but there's so many things that are going on in this world it's like you know my head's spinning and I I know that that's important and I think it's awful but I don't know how to get involved and everything else is spinning around it's whenever you know whatever the exit is to to finally grasp hold and so going to the Williamsburg Breakfast Club was that was my exit and I was able to get off and and find where the J6 stuff for me ended up. And that was um, through a gal named Fran and Steven um, and meeting Jennifer and, and Jonathan's mom. And um, we interviewed Brian Mock for my podcast. And um, Brian, I talked to him first off for three hours on the phone and um, <laughs> that was wonderful. It was awesome. Brian's a great, a great guy. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. just stand up, awesome guy. And, um, and I, I feel like he's, he's going to be a, a friend for life. So it was pretty cool. So I got him on the show. For anybody who's not aware of who Brian is, Brian was in the DC Gulag for a year yes. and, uh, he he was uh, very fastidious on doing his uh, legal uh, uh, his legal research and uh, as far as precedence goes, as far as uh, discovery and just spending hours and hours with that and and he pretty much wrote his own motion to to get out of the DC Gulag and he, did. Uh, he fired his attorney. Yeah, yeah. So so he is uh, he's in. Um, He's he's back home now and uh, in uh, Wisconsin and and he just uh, this week got his uh, his ankle monitor off, so yeah. that was huge uh, because huge. he got out la like last uh, gosh I want to say last May maybe mm -hmm. and uh, and and so yeah he got his ankle monitor off he sent me a picture <laughs> he was like I cut that's, it off that's I so cool for him it. <laughs> yeah because you know he's like. Can I just go over to my girlfriend's house for yeah, yeah. <laughs> past 10 o'clock? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he got he got rid of his his ankle monitor and his curfew. So uh, I think his his girlfriend is very excited about that too. I'm sure. They don't have to go home at, at 10. You know? Right. <laughs> but uh anyway, yeah. So 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 you interviewed Brian and uh, yeah, literally pressed record and said go. And we just yeah. let him just kind of word vomit over all of it. And, you know, an hour and 45 minutes or whatever it was later, you know, 
he's got, he had a lot to say and, and, um, I just, I just, I don't get it, Mel. I don't get it. I don't understand. I think that's what's so, um, hurtful to me is that I, I moved here to be right here in the middle of history. I, I can look, you know, half, well, I guess it's about a mile away, but whatever. I can see the cave where Cornwallis, you know, was laid up where they captured him. I, you know, I'm, I'm across from Williamsburg. I, across from Yorktown, this, this people died here for our country. Yeah. And, and, and we're letting people sit in jail. Like that kills me. They have no due process, no um, constitutional rights are just, what are those? Like they, like they don't even exist where, where terrorists and murderers and pedophiles are being treated better than these patriots, Mm -hmm. these people Mm -hmm. who love our country. Yeah. Yeah. And it, kills me it I just it uh, I shouldn't have gone off the meds because I it make I cry now <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I'm just kidding uh, so so you guys did you guys did something really amazing uh so this past week was uh John Mellis's uh two-year anniversary of right. being incarcerated and still no bond hearing so yeah. tell yeah. us about uh tell us about what happened uh last Thursday on so February it was pretty cool. 16th, was, I believe. Yes. Yeah. We, um, we made signs. We, um, a Fran from the breakfast club on, uh, at Williamsburg, she, um, she wanted to get a rally going. Um, and she, so she planned it for Thursday and we all got together. Um, first we did something really really cool. Uh, we went to the internment site of Jonathan's father and his brother. Um, they're both their ashes are in this, um, marble, beautiful marble wall at one of the churches. Um, and we all met there and Jonathan's mom and sister, Jennifer, um, along with one of Jonathan's good friend, Stephen, and one of his biggest advocates, they all spoke. Two years ago today, the FBI showed up with a full SWAT team before the sun even came up to arrest Jonathan Mellis for trying to save the life of Roseanne Boylan as her unconscious body was being brutally beaten by a uniformed Capitol Police officer. He didn't even know her name and yet he didn't even hesitate to answer the calls for help to save her life. Had a random stranger done the same for George Floyd as he was pinned to the ground while a police officer's knee slowly suffocated him, they would have been hailed as a hero. Instead, John was labeled as an insurrectionist and has been incarcerated ever since. Video evidence, some of it from the body camera of the police officer herself, clearly shows that he acted in response to cries for help. With Miss Boylan's defenseless body on the ground in front of her, the videos clearly show her baton rising 
and falling, repeatedly striking something on the ground in front of her. John was there within seconds of the calls being made, attempting to save her life. Unfortunately, he failed. He still lives with that to this day. It would be a simple matter for an impartial jury of his peers to see that his actions were fully justified. Given the chance to present evidence in his defense, he would be released as a free man. Instead, the federal government arrested him, accused him of crimes, and locked him away. And now, two years later, he still waits for his opportunity to present evidence of any kind in his defense. Forget the speedy trial guaranteed to him by the Constitution. After two years, he still hasn't even been granted the bond hearing that is given to people accused of other crimes within 48 hours. Partial hearings, continuances, cancellations, one delay after the next until two full years later a judge has still not made a ruling on the prosecution's claim that he presents a danger to the community or a flight risk. The judge even went so far as to grant a continuance to the prosecution for two months so they could look into the backgrounds of people who had written character references for John. One of them, a former sheriff in the state of Virginia, to make sure they had not been involved in the events of January 6th. Since when does simply writing a character reference for someone accused of a crime give the government reasonable suspicion to investigate a person for criminal activity? Yet that's exactly what the prosecution asked for and was granted by the judge presiding over John's case. Three months after John was arrested, his father, Jerry Mellis, a decorated Vietnam veteran, died suddenly and unexpectedly after having received the vaccination for COVID-19. John requested a temporary parole to attend the funeral. This type of request is routinely granted to convicted criminals to grieve the loss of so close a family member for humanitarian reasons. Yet upon receiving the request of a pretrial detainee, someone who unlike the convicted criminals under their care has not been found guilty of any crime at all, the Washington DC Correctional Facility didn't even give him an answer. They came to his cell in the middle of the night and took him to solitary confinement instead. When they arrived, he assumed they granted his request for temporary release. Imagine his surprise when he found out where he was really going. As outrageous as that is, the reasoning of the jail was very simple. If you're in solitary confinement, you're not eligible for temporary release. And by simply throwing him in the hole, they no longer had to even give him an I have to believe they did it because the only reasonable answer would have been to grant his request, considering his status as a pretrial detainee who hadn't even had so much as a bond hearing. Clearly, granting his request was not something they wanted to do, so they threw him in the hole instead. We stand here today where his father's ashes are interred to draw attention to how our government is abusing not only John, but so many others who have been accused of crimes on that cold, cold day two years ago. For any who are willing to look at the facts, it's clear that the people being held, that these people are being held as political prisoners. Not because of what they did that day, 
but because of what they believe in and who they support. In their ignorance, some will dismiss those claims out of hand because if they choose to educate themselves on the matter, they will find that people on the other side of the political aisle have done far worse and seen little or nothing in the way of consequences for their actions. This should be a wake-up call to all Americans, regardless of who you believe should be president or who you think should be in charge of the government. Because if the government has the authority today to accuse someone of a crime, throw them in jail without a chance to present evidence in their defense, and keep them there until they either rot or admit they did it, there is nothing to stop the government from doing that to you tomorrow should you decide you don't agree with what they want to do. It was a good way to start the morning to to remind everybody how blessed we are because this, you know, this boy has been sitting in jail for ten, for two years, you know, 730 days, whichever is more impactful to me, uh, 730 days, two years. I'm without due process. Time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No bond hearing. Um has just started receiving visitors and they they cut the amount of time for the visitation right so they it used to be two hours it used to be and it is for the rest of the prison just not for their pod um that if someone comes in from out of town which is anywhere outside of the the dmv and the dmv is dc maryland Virginia, if you live in this area, you know what the DMV is, which was right. confusing when we first moved here because we're like, <laughs> why why do they keep talking about the Department of Motor Vehicles? Right. The DMV, if you're outside the DMV, then you're supposed to get a two-hour visit if you come in from out of town. Um, but we also just got new more information on that. A a memo went out from the warden to everybody in the jail. And uh, because we have um you know, people who are being held outside of the pod as well. We found out this information and this memo said that they were adding on more visitation times for the whole jail, except the C2B pod. Get out. And we know that's why they're not dropping the masking as well is because they want to make this as miserable as possible. I don't think that they would be doing this with the ongoing masking, which when representative Nell's went um in there to visit uh on the 5th they told Mm -hmm. them that the masks were going to be going away that was on the 5th of january it's been over a month now um and so they still have the mask so so when you go in there for a visit you're sitting there with a mask on you know which makes you a non-person and uh six feet apart in a room of uh, of all these other people with masks on six feet apart. So we're all yelling to each other and you can't lip read it all. So it, it's, they're making it as miserable as possible. You know, they're, they're just giving them enough to make it look like they're, they're giving them visitation, but they're trying to make it still as miserable as can be. I didn't know that. So, I mean, and this well, is how the new Congress, we- our Congress actually oversees everything really in DC, you know? So that's why, that's why changes are happening now that we've taken back the house Right, is that, you know, the committees and subcommittees uh, can, can oversee what's going on in the district of Columbia. Right. Yeah. God bless. Well, hopefully they can do more because um, 
so what we did, so sorry, I got us off track, but no, I, and I kind of, I, I kind of started a sidebar there too, but yes, continue <laughs> with this day. That was uh, John Mellis's rally day, please. Yeah. So we ended up, uh, it was, you know, we didn't have a whole bunch of people, but we had, we had a good amount. We had a really fair amount of people show up. Um, we had our signs. I had, you know, I had a sign. Could you, could you do a year in solitary confinement? And there's, you know, 730 days without a bond hearing and justice for John and justice for J6ers. Um, we got a lot of people going by honking and waving. We had a bunch of people like not wanting to see what was on the side of the roads. And, and we had one guy going by and F you. F you, F you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Angry guy, whatever, you know, live your life. But that was it, just the one. And, um, but we did have a lot of people that reached out and, or, you know, they came in the driveway and said, what's going on? And we didn't know. We have this wonderful paper that's put out by an amazing patriot. It's called the Northern Neck Sentinel. Yeah. And uh, so we were handing those out to people. Excellent. Um, yeah. And yeah, the, the Northern Next Sentinel has been uh, quite a hero in this um, yeah. and, and has been fundamental in us being able to get changes made in the Northern Neck Regional Jail. And yeah. uh, I think we're now down to only maybe three are four guys who are still left in there who haven't been moved out. So that has been, yeah. I mean, yeah. John has just done a great job uh, with his, with his Sentinel. Um, yeah. Powerful, powerful um, articles. And it, and it's kind of like the, the powers that be that run that, that, that jail. Um, yeah. They weren't paying attention to what was going on until yeah. they saw it in their local paper that this stuff was getting out there and their, and like, their neighbors oh. knew. Yeah. And they're like, if we just get this, if we just get these J sixers out of here, we can continue to run this jail as poorly as we've been running it because they'll forget about us. And we're like, yeah, no, this isn't going away. (laughs) We're in it for the, we're in it for the win here. So you love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so happy about that paper and, and people can find it online. If you're not, you know, if you're not a local around, Yeah, I'll include a link to it in, um, in, in this episode. And I I really should be including a link to that in, in every episode, but uh, everybody should check that out because these guys are heroes and putting out the truth. They really are. They are champions. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. So that was our day. It was, uh, but it, that's where it stopped for me there. And Jennifer Mellis and her mom and, uh, Kelly, John's girlfriend, Kelly Wild, uh huh, and uh, another friend of ours, Heather. They all tra- traveled up to DC to surprise Jonathan, and they got there and were able to, you know, sing the national anthem at nine o'clock. They went to the vigil. They went to the vigil outside of the DC gulag. Mm-hmm. How yeah. was that? So they had a great time. Well, as great a time as you can have, right? But, um. You know, it's, it, I, it's just heartbreaking to me that this even has to happen. Um, And more people need to be there. That's what kills us is that, 
you know, if we had, you know, a thousand people, I mean, and we should have tens of thousands showing up for these vigils, they would take notice. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's the same people out there. It's usually um, Ashley Babbitt's mom, Mickey. It's mm-hmm. Randy uh, and a few other people that are up there every night. Yeah, we've got some great patriots. Right. There are some uh, Chinese Americans who are out there every single night. And these people know what communism is. And that's why they are out there waving flags. They've... Uh, They've even got a live stream. One of them does um, that's that's done in Chinese. And and a lot of these, they don't even speak English really that well. Right. And uh, these are Christians and they see it coming. They do. They do. And that's um, why they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. they know that this country is partly Chinese. You know, they have bought up our our lands and our farmlands. And you go to California and it's a mix of Tijuana and China. I mean, it really is, Um, especially in, in, you know, Orange County where I lived, it's, it's awful. And, you know, they're setting up police stations all through New York, the Chinese police stations. Um, Infiltration, not invasion, right? That's right. That's what they said. It's the best way to get us. So that happened for, um, you know, they went to DC and, and they, you know, they had as good a time as they could. They, you know, they really cherished the moment and um, they had, they linked arms with everybody up there and stood tall. And um, I believe Jonathan called in and they were able to talk to him. And so that was really cool. And uh, I, unfortunately didn't get most of what was going on because I was having my own battle at the GOP meeting with one of our, um, yeah. Why don't you you share that story? Yeah. So I was at the GOP meeting and we had one of our Congress, our Congressman Rob Whitman, his aide was there and he comes by every once in a while. And, um, I've, myself and my mom have had several conversations with him on the phone and asked to speak to the congressman and, oh, the secretary will get back to you and you'll make an appointment and he will call you. He wants to talk to you. And and so anyway, uh, Joe Schumacher was there and he was asked a question by one of our breakfast clubbers who was, you know, uh, also a member and she asked about, is there anything being done for our January Sixers? And he did his little tap dance and started to say that, you know, things are being done as best they can. And and I just happened to um, get a little spark of energy <laughs> shooting from my mouth and yelled out 730 days. And he turned around and he what, Jen? And I said 730 days since Jonathan Mellis has had a bond hearing, 730 days since he's been arrested. And he shut me down, was said, no, you're incorrect. He's had a bond hearing and turned around. And I said, no, he has not. Oh, yes, he has. I have information that the family doesn't have. 
What do you mean the family doesn't have this information? What are you talking about? I have information from the DOJ. Because yeah, because we can trust the DOJ. Right. They're so they're, yeah. yeah. Oh well, okay. So then I got shut down because the chairperson, you know, she ah, can we just table this until the end? Yeah, no debate here. Yeah. 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 Don't want anybody. So the the thing that pissed me off was that there were 60 people or so there that all they heard was he's had a bond hearing. The DOJ says it's true. So then at the end, you know, everybody leaves and they don't hear the rest of the conversation where I school him and tell him that he hasn't had a bond hearing, that he was asking for an emergency bond hearing for his father's funeral, then we'll put in solitary and then finally emailed the denial of his bond hearing not told, but emailed. And, you know, people in solitary don't get bond hearings. They don't get anything. So, um, you know, oh, well, I didn't know that. And the information I have, well, he sent us the information. He sent Jennifer the information because, of course, I was texting the family at the same time. He's had a bond hearing. Yeah. 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 And uh, they text him back. But anyway, the next day, he sent a picture of what he was looking at, which didn't make sense to me because the form that he, I, I wish I had it right here so I could, we could show you. It has nothing about him having a bond hearing and his arrest date is incorrect. It's 10 days later. So they have him as being arrested 10 or 226 when he was mm-hmm. actually arrested on 216. And that doesn't make any sense. And yeah, this is where they're getting that false information. Right. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting false information, like we were talking about earlier. You know, uh, other people's information is incorrect. Um, the DOJ stuff, and it. Did you guys get him straightened out? Oh no, he never did. What he said, he after several, we talked for almost three hours afterwards and And he still still doesn't believe he still thinks that john has had a bond hearing yeah yeah now i put it i put it now as far as i know as of today i don't know if he does because i i um (laughs) i sick jen on him (laughs) john's sister i was like you know you know him go for it and so she went after is is whitman is a state rep or is he a u.s rep Oh, he's U.S. He's U.S. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I'm in D.C. this week, I'll go over and visit him. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. He, um, you know, I my feeling is that he's just too busy trying to be appointed to all of his committees. You know, yeah. Yeah. because that's where their money is. Apparently, mm-hmm. you know, they only make seventeen thousand a year. Mm-hmm. But when they get appointed to a committee, then they can be up to like a hundred and something thousand a year. Wow. Oh, okay. So that's why he's trying to be, he's like a co-chair of the armed forces. I mean, he's, he's yeah. look him up. He's. Oh, oh. And he's armed forces. Okay. So we definitely need to be talking to him about our vets. Don't we? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. So yeah, I what 
you know, he he did a whole tap dance of, well, you know, Jen, Jonathan's got a felony. And I, my mom, I had to hold her back. She was just like, what does that matter? Yeah. What does it matter? Like, honestly, what does it matter? Good due process, even if you have, you know, something on your record. And right. and I thought I thought we were supposed to be sending people to jail so that they could become reformed and they could Correct. become better people, which right. we know several of our guys who are who are locked up uh, do have a, do yeah. have a past record. And right. that makes them easier targets. These guys, if you heard their stories, you would know that they had changed their lives since they did time because, uh, you know, a lot of them became Christians after that, um, have gone on to live lives of volunteer work, community service, and and just yeah. have been really good, solid, uh, good Americans. And, you know, a lot of times it's not even about that they did that they were horrible people. They were just young and stupid or in the wrong place at the wrong time or were led down a wrong path. It wasn't, you know. And in some cases, I know of a couple of cases where they were defending themselves um, mm -hmm. in a situation. And uh, so, yeah. I've heard that too. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, I've just, I feel very, very blessed that I've happened to stumble upon this wonderful network of true patriots that love our country and um, know what's going on and want to help get us on a track where we don't, we don't turn into to CCP China. Yeah. Or Cuba. Yeah. yeah. But we're, we're, I mean, my we're dad, my, my yeah. dad fought for, you know, his, most of his, his life, all like most of my life in the military. Um, and he, you know, I think of him, he's passed and he, he passed in 2016 and is buried up in Arlington. He had full service on full honors, um, for his service. And, and I don't even want to go up there to visit him because I'm so disgusted with, with the, you know, the whole city, the whole yeah. infrastructure. Yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's really hard to go into DC. I'll tell you, it really is. Yeah. Uh, but that's where a lot of our fight has to be done. It yeah. does. And, and we're going to, I'm going to get up there soon as I can, but yeah. I well, just feel really blessed. About, uh, I I'm, I'm very excited that you are, that you have become um, a fighter for this cause and, and have joined in on it. Um, tell people where they can find your podcast and, and what you guys talk about. All right. Well, it's called flip the switch with Jen and Maria. We're on rumble. I'm also on telegram. Um, we are just starting. We're just getting our feet wet. Um, you know, we haven't found our sea legs yet, but, um, it's, a, we're trying to cover as much as we can. And there's a lot of stuff to cover. Um, we have a few really great episodes right now. We've got one with, like I was talking about, Brian Mock. Um, we have Patriot Street Fighter Scott McKay has come on. Uh, we have booked um, 
for the next two weeks, we've got um, Unpopular with Poppy, uh, Poppy Feldman. Um, we are going to have uh, Jonathan on, and he has promised to get the other guys on with us. So we'll be having them on. Um, and we've got Trisha Rodriguez coming on, and there's a few others that said yes. So we've also got Joe Dugan, who is actually one of the GOP members here at our Gloucester GOP, but he is um, he knows all about Jonathan's case. So we'll be talking to him as well. And maybe Kelly, uh, Kelly Wild. So excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, and I'll, so again, I'll, include, I'll include a link to that in the description so that people can go over mm -hmm. and check that out. And you're also involved in, in a, in a business for American made products. Right. And I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to include a link for that. Everybody check that out. Contact Thank Jen you. for more information, uh, because, uh, this is something that, um, you know, helps us fight uh, the CCP <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and gives you um, excellent products and, and, and a, a way to make an extra income and, and, and get back to uh, get back to the, the real good stuff. So you guys check that out too. Um, yeah. is, is there anything else that you, uh, that you want to share with us today? No, I just, you know, one thing I can, if I can leave your audience with is that it doesn't take much to get into the fight, but get into it. Even oh, if it's just a little bit, even 100%. if it's just a little bit. Yep. So even if it's just sharing this video, you know, yeah, get in the fight. Yep. Get so. in the fight and, and getting out there and, and doing it locally in real yep. life. Uh, not just from behind your, your computer screen is, uh, the most important thing you can do. We change everything from a local level and, and we win this. We really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all bleed the same red blood of patriots. Make honey great again. The story of the, the sheriff, the deputy sheriff in Tennessee that was helping the young lady that was being beat by the batons that, who ended up passing. And now he's been in prison for, well, it was 513 days the other night. Every single one of these stories is just um, heart-wrenching. They don't deserve the treatment that they're getting. We feel like we're servants and we have a product out there that's really cool. And we're, we're raising a lot, a lot, a lot of money for, uh, for different groups like yourself. Grown and bottled in America. It looks just like President Trump and is supporting such great causes. It's just pure raw honey. It takes a bee 10 million trips to collect enough nectar to make one pound of honey. I think that that really goes along with what we're doing here. It's a one pound bottle of honey, that one bee. Where can people order this honey? It's a very easy site. It's called makehoneygreatagain.com. Sales code MEL. Off it goes within 24 hours, it's shipped to you. It's exciting and, and we know that this is gonna move the needle. When it, they go to checkout, they just said, you know, punch in Mel. Make America great again. Hey John, how's it going? I'm okay, uh, how are you? I'm doing okay. So you had a, a, a an unfortunate anniversary uh, this week on Thursday, February 16. Um, why don't you tell us about that? Well, um... Well, first, I want to thank you for having me on again. I really appreciate, appreciate it, Mel, for helping uh, me get my voice out and help help us all get our voices out. You've been really, really helpful, and we really appreciate you. Thank you. Um, so this anniversary is, you know, it's tough because it's been two years 
and uh, I've, I've not had one bond hearing. Um, I had a public defender at first for the first uh, for the first uh, year, and um, he kept uh, kicking the can down the road on his own, and uh, basically lied to me about multiple things, saying that it was smarter uh, to not do a bond hearing. Um, I, I uh, finally fired him uh, in late 2021 because he. Uh, some of the comments he was making about uh, people who died that day, uh, specifically about Roseanne Boylan, and uh, once he made his feelings, you know, known to me openly, uh, I knew he was beating around the bush for a while. But when he finally out and said what he actually thought uh, about, I uh, I fired him that day, and then I retained new counsel, and we immediately got to work on a bond motion, and we filed that in December 2021. My bond hearing then was set, first one was set February, then it got continued because, you know, the, the, it got continued, oh man, probably a dozen times um, all year. I still have not had a bond hearing. Uh, that was that was 20, all 2022, all through 2022, it kept getting continued. I would show up to court uh, one time, the judge literally forgot that we had court that day. So I was sitting, we were all sitting there for about an hour until the judge actually got on um, and uh, I know that my judge was dealing with, and, and, and you know, I don't fault him for dealing with it. He was dealing with medical issues. I don't know if they never told us why he kept, he kept canceling a day before the hearing or canceling the day. You know, there was 10 minutes before the hearing. He canceled one time. Who was your judge that was doing this? Uh, that was Judge Sullivan. And, and like I said, he's a, he's a very honorable man. And, and I've, I've read a lot about him and what he's done with different cases, especially investigating the, the DOJ for their role in um, framing uh, Senator Ted Stevens. Um, and Senator Ted Stevens, a real longtime senator from Alaska, is a Republican. And uh, so, um, you know, the things that he did, uh, uh, you know, he, he just seemed like, you know, it seemed out of character for him to be just, so I, you know, it just, my bond hearing just kept getting continued all these points too. Now I believe he's uh, he's he's retiring or whatever. So my uh, my case was then given to uh, a different judge. Who do you have so, now? Uh, I have I have Judge Moss, uh, and I have yet to um you know see him or get a gauge on on how he is or whatever. But uh, this is all new. Uh, but I hear he's a really good guy and everything. Um, you know, it, it it just seemed like I felt like I felt I just feel like I felt through the cracks for two years. You were aware of a situation where. Uh, Jen, a, a very good uh, experience that we know of, a uh, meeting. Jen Baker, yes. She went to a meeting and uh, uh, Representative Ron Whit uh, Rob Whitman, uh, his aide was there and he shows up apparently, uh, you know, about once a month to these. And she said that that uh, you had uh, not had a a bond hearing and that you had been detained for 730 days and uh he seemed to refute that he actually he straight up did and said that's not true that you have had a bond hearing and that uh they they have more information than the family does hopefully and all of the proper documentation has been sent to whitman's office and we'll get them on the right track with knowing your correct uh, date of arrest, which they apparently have off by 10 days, and the fact that you truly have never had a bond hearing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
my father died in May of 2021, and my lawyer at the time filed like an emergency, uh, you know, motion to see if I could get like out for a day or two to go to the funeral. Um, and uh, that was denied by the judge in his office. I never went to a hearing for that. He saw it and denied it right uh, very quickly. It was, it was not, it was no hearing. There was no anything. It was just an emergency order, a motion filed. The judge denied it immediately. Uh, there was no court date, no hearing. So, uh, you know, that's the closest thing that I've had in two years to a, to a, it's some kind of a, a consideration for bonds, but I don't know why Rob Whitman and his office would think that I had a bond hearing. Um, it's yeah. actually very disheartening. It's actually very disheartening to hear that his assistant was uh, saying this and that his office believes this because it's, it's like, you know, you know, we don't have anybody. We have very, very, very. You know, the support we have in Congress is 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 any support we have in Congress is very valuable to us. So, knowing that my family's congressman in Virginia, uh, who knows my family very well and has been provided the evidence and the information, is still out there spreading fake news about me under the impression that basically calling me a liar or calling us liars or something. And that's kind of, it's very disheartening actually, because, you know, uh, if he, if he had any questions, he could have just asked, you know, cause we, like you said, we provide the, the documentation and show that I've never had a bond hearing. Uh, so two years. And, uh, the fact that, that he's saying that, uh, his office has, has more information than than your own family does. Uh, is there information that's being withheld? Uh, why why would he say such a thing? Why would he think such a thing? Or that he knows better than me what I've had to deal with for two years. I think I would remember if I ever went to a bond hearing and got to actually have that uh, consideration of uh, release hurt. Uh, you know, the, like I said, the, the closest thing I ever had was that. There was one time where we did get started on the bond hearing in court. We started it, but there was other scheduling issues that, you know, um, the judge had or whoever, and we had to continue it. So we, we never finished the hearing. You know, and then it, like I said, just got punted and punted and punted. I mean, it's it's really you. you know, I I can't believe it. You know, I I'm, I'm it's it's crazy for me to think about because it's 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 true and it's 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 yeah. like a Twilight Zone or some kind of weird alternate reality that doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of those uh, alternate realities going on right now. Um, you know, I, I I talked to Angel Harrison the other day, and and she's had to fight to uh, to prove that Ken has an actual case with the DOJ. They were saying there was no file on him or anything, you know, and that's that's insane. She did have to get her congressman involved uh, to to get that uh, proof, but uh, it, it's crazy. 
it's terrible what's happening to to us, and it's 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 not right. I mean, I I've never uh, never meant to see this this happening. Um, you know, I just I just I I, I really uh, you know I pray for the prosecutor, I pray for my judge. Of course, I pray for my own lawyer, but you know, I I I, I really really hope that. You know the judges and the prosecutors and the and the and the, 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 the DOJ that you know their hearts uh, you know soften a little bit because you know this is you know they're really hurting um, they're really hurting people and not a a danger to the community. I, I did not. I I loved. Uh, I I helped. You know I had all the you know two or three jobs, but I also do a lot of you know volunteering in the community when I was out there. You know, I, 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 I spent a lot of time at the, the senior citizen center in the kitchen, volunteering or volunteering at at the Ronald McDonald House to cook dinner for the families of the sick children, or uh, you know, the special youth special Olympics or uh, the dive. I was involved in the dive. I don't know if you've heard of that, um, but um, dive charities. Uh, we have a after NASA, I'm one in, in Clarksville nearby. So I was associated with a lot of that kind of stuff, and to then be smeared as right-wing extremist terrorists, you know, it's just really, it, 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 you know, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I know I'm not that. Two years of being beaten down with, uh, with, with basically slander and loss of freedom, and, and, and then the treatment in this jail. I mean, you know, it's just all piled on. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's a grave injustice on both the uh, constitutional and civil and human rights uh, level, you know, that that's, you know, this isn't America anymore. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be uh, doing as well as I am. I, I, I don't know if I'm doing so great, but I, I wouldn't even be doing this uh, uh, and even close to this without the support and the, and the love from from, uh, you know, first and foremost, I mean, my, my girlfriend, Kelly, she's been a uh, rock and, and a light uh, for, you know, she's just been, been so loyal and faithful. And I just, I, I uh, so lucky. And then for, you know, great uh, advocates and, 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 and patriots like you, Mel, and, uh, you know, and, and Nikki, Mama Nikki, I, uh, I am so grateful for her. Uh, she has been holding a nightly vigil outside the D.C. jail for over six months at this point. And every single night, seven nights a week, with a crowd of people and several live streamers, and uh, that is so uh, amazing that you know we call in and we talk to them, and uh, and you're out there a lot of times too, Mel. And uh, we'll call for the anthem. We'll call out there. They have a loudspeaker, and and uh, like you know, it, it, it's just something. If, if anybody out there, if you're listening, we would like to get get to know us better in our own words, because they pictures. Or if you would like to tune into one of these live streamers, like I said, that are outside the jail every night between 7 and 9.30, please visit wearegoodmen.com. And you can actually, at the top of the page, you'll see a place for the live stream and the, the visual that you can kind of, there's several live streams that you can pick. Absolutely, John. Uh, and uh, even better would be for everyone to actually show up for this vigil. Um, it, you know, there's no yeah. reason we shouldn't have hundreds or thousands of people there every night um you know if we got we got uh you know probably 1.7 million people uh to dc on january 6th of 2021 and uh this is this is the outcome that we have now 
is that we have good patriots who are there, uh, who are locked up. And, um, you know, why, why, why isn't America now there uh, standing at this vigil? And uh, and we also need people sitting in on these trials. I mean, these are these are open to the public, but unfortunately, uh, there are no cameras, videos, or anything allowed in the rooms. And if people would show up and and listen to these and and see the bias in the courtroom, I think it would wake a lot of people up. But um, both of those are are great ways that um, you can make a difference. Yeah, I uh, I get these. Uh, I get so many, so many great patriots around the country writing letters, and so many of them have come to the vigil. You know, it, it's so uh, it, it's so touching. Uh, Marie Goodwin and Paula Calloway of, of, of the Patriot Mail Project, and uh, they have they have, they have uh, you know the, the the and also the the mail that comes from Williamsburg, Virginia, postcard postcards for patriots, uh, and uh, the great patriots down there in Williamsburg, Virginia, with uh, Sergeant Steve and Fran and Heather. And Irma, and uh, and uh, we're just so lucky for them. And 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 in this, uh, you know, a lot of these letters uh, say, you know, at the end of it, you know, when they're signing off, it says, you know, where we go, one we go all. Well, you know, we're we're here. You know. Yeah, I think it's great that you guys could encourage these people who are writing you to actually do that, and that some of them are showing up. Yeah, AJ and Suzanne, I, I I I get letters from them, and they're they're amazing, and they've been out at the Israel and many others have been have been out there, and it's it's just so uh, comforting to know that um, there's a center of gravity, uh, the heart, the beating heart of this movement is uh, is 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 part of uh, Mickey Whithoff, and we affectionately call her Mama Mickey. And for anybody who doesn't know, I'm sure if you're listening, you already know, but that's She's the mother of Ashley Babbitt, um, and um, she has been just the, the, the greatest spiritual leader that we could have ever asked for. She has unified and um, been protective of uh, of us. She's like mama bear out there, you know? Yeah, she is. She's amazing. I really, really appreciate uh, her. And, and, and you, Mel, you've been... You've been so amazing. I mean, you've been getting our voices out and, and, and advocating for us and, and standing by. And uh, we, we just look at you. You're a, you're a great patriot. You're a great American. I appreciate you, that, John. You know, the things that echo through a lot of the advocates and a lot of the people who have rallied to us. It feels like God is, is sucking people out to be here to do this right now at this moment. And um, we're just so thankful. I think all of us that are that are doing this, um, yeah, we, you know, it was it was a mission we accepted, and uh, we don't know why we we were given this mess, why we were given this mission, but uh, you know, we we humbly accepted it, and and we are your humble servants, and uh, we are, you know, we're just doing our best uh, working on the front lines. So I appreciate that, John, and uh, thank you so much for for always, uh, you know coming on and and uh sending out your messages and you know for keeping keeping the fight going and and keeping up the the hope because uh that that's what's going to get us through here no i know so many people have, have been supportive and helped so much and you know including you know my mother my sister uh you know ellie you mama mickey randy kim rivers marie goodwin I mean, I could go on and on and on. Kara, Casanova, it's beautiful. And I, I, I really, really want to all to know that I, I really appreciate all your help and uh, and all your love. It's, it's 
so invaluable to me. Thank you, John. We love you, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be into this until uh, you all come home. If you'd like to help us support J6 families as they're released from jails and prisons, please check out the Elijah Fund. You can find that on our website, a the number four justice.org slash TEF. Americans for Justice Inc. is a nonpartisan alliance that vigorously defends the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and due process across our great nation, which are pivotal to preserving life, liberty, and freedom for all. Too long we have played defense and are losing on all battlefronts through divided efforts. The root problem of election integrity, medical freedom, political prisoners, southern border crisis, CPS and APS and others is one common thing, a direct assault on the U.S. Constitution and due process. Americans for Justice is a nonprofit organization with local chapters in all 50 states, working with lawyers, legal scholars, and organizations to actively fight government overreach at all levels. Unite with us in the fight for our J6 political hostages and whatever else due process rights are violated. We ask for your support in this vital mission through a one-time donation or an ongoing membership. Go to the letter A, the number 4, justice.org.